Welcome to Every Album Member with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my broken-footed co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Member, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's usually a new discography per episode, except for singles episodes like this, where we usually cover uh, a new album that came out this year or something completely different and themed like this one. What's 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 happening? What are we doing? We're gonna do our top ten albums that we discovered by doing this podcast. Hell yeah! Our top uh, like w- a lot of a lot of what we've covered in our a hundred and some odd some sixty something seven whatever wherever we're at uh, covered a lot of discographies. A lot of those we were familiar with. A lot of bands are familiar with. A lot of them brand new. Uh, and this is this is a nice little little warm episode of giving it up to the things that we discovered through this stupid, exhausting hobby that we've been doing for four fucking years. <laughs> it, I'm not bitter. It is uh, it is crazy because uh, I went back and listened to certain segments to a uh, little, little trip down memory lane. We yep. were originally going to do five. You're like, how about ten? Yeah, and I'm like, I can do ten and uh, pretty comprehensive history here oh yeah uh i was thinking five two and then when i and i went through every episode and and picked out the ones there was just too many Mm -hmm. and a lot of them like how often are we going to be doing episodes like this we might as well give it up to all the ones we can find just knock it out and uh yeah some of these artists aren't the most popular so i think it is smart to like yeah throw it in with more popular artists some of a lot of these are like really well regarded and famous but i just never got around to it yeah and it's like there's a high probability we would have gotten around to these albums at some point mm-hmm. we just didn't until starting this pod yes we were forced to listen because of the, the pod it's uh it is actually crazy how how many of these albums i still like listen to and like yeah. who, who knows if i would have that's that's a, a big part of it it was uh because there's like a whole bunch that you know, amazing albums that, that I never would have heard except for this pod. But I had to just pick my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Of all, there were so many great ones. There's a million of fucking incredible ones that I didn't list. These are just the ones that just kept coming back to the most. The ones that I, that left the, lo- the longest lasting impression that I, I feel like are going to stay with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think 10's perfect for me. I don't know if I could do a part two. 10 is. I don't know if I can come up with an extra 10. I definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, what? I definitely cannot come up with an extra 10. Yeah. There would there'd be some uh, diminishing like love at yes. the end. But I guess, you know, might as well start. Uh, we're not ranking these. Uh, I don't know where you're going. I'm going in from chronologically from, from the episode number. Just like. Oh, okay. So I have it in episode number. And so our, our viewers don't get like fatigue. I'm going to, I'm going to like go back in time first. I'm going to start in the early days. So is that? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. We should talk about these things. Yeah. <laughs> we, I'll throw out one text with some vague guidelines and then we figure it out on camera. Yeah, <laughs> it's, great. It goes. it's fun. <laughs> All right. You go first. Okay. Uh, let's go. Episode 25. Cut. Cocktail Twins, Garland. Cocktail Twins. Sorry. Oh, is it Garland's? I believe it's Garland's, right? I love the it. First so, album. It, yeah, there's an S. Garland's. I love it so much, I butchered the name. Get Jeff Garland's. Dude, the first album, right? Yes. My favorite of the Cocktail Twins albums. Yes. Um, I thought they were more going into it. I thought they were more like a, a trip hop or like a Portishead type 
band before hearing them you mean yes before listening to them so i was like really surprised to stumble upon this this goth uh i'll say masterpiece and uh that's another thing i've discovered through this podcast is i have not listened to a lot of goth music nor have i (laughs) but i really enjoy it yeah you know i quite love it actually yeah in my 30s yeah i'm getting into goth so yeah dude i'll buy some eyeliner yeah so um it was just like one of the earliest out of left field like holy shit what is this uh I was listening to it on the way here. It was, you know, I love how atmospheric it is. I love how kind of metallic. the Very, drum. very metallic. Yeah. And uh, it's it was one of the earliest examples of just like a lovely treat. And uh, yeah, just an am- amazing album that I wish was recommended to me earlier in my life. Yeah. People for, for collector twins, aside from hating us about it, they usually have different albums they would recommend. And the fact that that album was both of our favorites, I think was already like alienating to all the fans and the reason why people didn't like that episode. Yeah, no, they, they have a very, uh, interesting, diverse discography, but that that's the one that just stuck with me four years later yeah and it's also a, the only post-punk sounding album and i mean i'm there's you're gonna see a lot of post-punk picks on my fucking list mm-hmm. uh love post-punk so it already like had that almost familiar familiarity uh obviously a little bit more on the goth side but it's, i still love that album yeah um even though uh i think we both gave treasure best and there's still parts that I'm there are incredible. I I could only really go back to Garland's like all the way through. Yeah. Um, I could go back to a few albums, but it's Garland's that like found its way into my heart. So. Hell yeah. So episode 25, check that one out. Please. And thank you uh, for my first pick. I believe that is episode 21. Midnight Marauders by a Tribe Called Quest. Oh shit! I never heard Tribe before this pod. Everyone in the world has heard Tribe. Yeah, <laughs> I never heard them. Uh, and it was like one of the. It was the first band where I was like, "Oh, this pod rules, dude!" Yeah, I'm learning. I'm finding all this shit that I never would have gotten around to out of laziness or whatever aloofness. And then that one, and even though like the the, the last album was like probably the great the greatest reunion album ever made, mm-hmm. uh, Midnight Marauders is one that has such a sorry vibe to it it has such a like in the in the way it's paced and the way it's flow the way that the, the ro- robot woman voice kind of you know interrupts the songs every now and then mm-hmm. it has this theme to it it has this overall feeling to it plus the song just fucking rule i showed this shit to my mom who hates rap and she'll like it oh yeah that was that's always like tribes thing is even though they cuss like you can you can show it to older people and um you know there's there's all these like crazy jazz samples. Yep. Yep. The, some of the best samples it has like this retroness to everything they do essentially. Where, I mean, obviously their, their, their whole standup base proclivities uh, is a good example of that. But uh, I went back and listened to it because I thought like, you know, I remember loving this album for a good period, but I haven't heard it in a while. Maybe, maybe I don't still. And within seconds, like, ah, oh, yes, this just <laughs> feels great. I, I couldn't turn it off. Uh, yeah award tour so goddamn good and the way the way it starts because um was it steve c bico bico steve yes Uh, however pronounce that 
How do you pronounce it? Yeah, that? Steve Baiko. Yeah, Baiko. Uh, the way that song ends and uh, Wartor starts, it, it's this beautiful blending. And then, uh, you know, the very first seconds of, of uh, Wartor has that, 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 that snare hit. Mm-hmm. We're just sort of like, it's like almost like it's revving up the song. And then, oh, fuck, it feels so good. It feels so good. It pays <laughs> so goddamn well. Uh, yeah, one of, one of the best hip hop albums of all fucking time. Uh, so goddamn good. Yeah, I'm always like. With rap groups, I'm always like, oh, man, I, f- I feel like Mike can go either way. And, yeah. Uh, your your love of Tribe is one of uh, my my happiest. Uh, ac- ac- I would call it an accomplishment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and also, um, I'm I'm assuming it's it's not your pick, but uh, this this is the fact that you called it on that run DMC album. I hated, but apparently it <laughs> uh, um, down with down with, down with it, the king. Uh, yeah, it was, was it like, with the king? it was like one of their nineties yeah. albums. And I was like, I, I do not like this. And then I heard it like used in a movie and I'm like, Oh, fucking Mike. He, he nailed it. Dude. Uh, yeah. Down with the king. Dude. I swear, man. I fucking love that song. And I'm not kidding. That almost made it onto my list. Down with the king. Almost yeah. made, just because like the first half of it is just, I call it, I say flawless. The yeah. first ha- the second half is a little bit weaker, mm-hmm. but goddamn including the title track it's so good <laughs> that's why fresh fresh ears, fresh ears. Are, are good sometimes uh because with the thing especially with that run dmc period like the whole point of the reason why it was so unpopular is because it wasn't what they did they, they mm-hmm. was like oh they're trying to adapt to the gangster rap thing and that's not who they are there's no fedoras and fucking Adidas <laughs> anymore uh it felt like they were trying just this like phony, they were faking it yeah. yeah this little phony left turn but as a dude who doesn't give a fuck and had no idea about anything, I'm just hearing the tunes, brother. Exactly. I like them too. Yeah. <laughs> snuck, snuck that run DMC one. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> what you got next? Uh, my next pick is episode 59, The Gun Club, Fire of Love. Shit. That's solid. Dude, that um, kind of similar to the twins where they have go in a very different direction. Although I was not really a fan of the gun club. No, not me either. I pre- I appreciate them, but Jeffrey Lee Pierce can't sing, <laughs> but that album is great. That album. Fuck yeah. It's like punk garage blues rock without sounding cliche or overdone. Yep. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Um, it's a solid listen. Um, it's what, what I kind of like in my head thought like rockabilly was obviously Uh it's a a whole different animal. I have no control over, but, um, yeah, it was just like, uh, started off so hot. And then, uh, this went in different directions. It's not for me for other people, but not for me. And, uh, I just, I just appreciate the, the raw, the rawness of it. That album absolutely rules. Uh, I mean, it's like the only, like, I don't want to say the only punk album because they, they were punk for a long time, but like Mm -hmm. the only, it fits in with other punk bands kind of album because for like the, the biggest takeaway that I got from it of why that is, is because on that album, Jeffrey's he's punk singing. He's like speak singing. He's not Mm -hmm. really trying to like hit the right notes. He's just, it's more like attitude and and saying, saying lyrics, Mm -hmm. um, the way a lot of punk bands do. And it fit really well. And then by album two, uh, 
I already forgot what it's called, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is also Same. fun. Miami, I think I forgot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one. Pe- that's the one people love, but uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it was Miami. Yeah. I don't know how I remember that, but uh, on that album, then it shows. It sh- on that album, you discover he can't sing mm-hmm. at all. Like he has the worst pitch, and as the albums go on, he gets significantly better as a vocalist on a technical level. He learns how to, how to sing properly, mm-hmm. but he has no pitch. So yeah. he's hitting wrong notes on every single album. <laughs> and Fire of Love is the only album where he's not trying to hit notes. So it sounds amazing. Yeah, I think also being... Be, I don't want to say it has like low production, but the more raw, the, yeah, rock and roll feel to that album. It wasn't as a uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan as he would become later on. No, no. And yeah, I just think of like how many bands we covered that try to incorporate blues music and it's just not sometimes. Always, it, sometimes, sometimes. It works. Yeah. There's the only thing I could pull out top of my head, top of my head is. Um, all them witches who are like, you could, you feel that blues influence, but mm. they are a different thing. And obviously like a white stripes works for me or, um, on the garage, you said, or CCR, but, um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, solid album. Uh, yeah, it's a strong one. Um, I, I was glad to catch you off guard with that pick. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is already fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my next pick is should come as no surprise. Five Leaves Left by Nick Drake, episode 35. Hell yeah. Another Alex uh, work right there. He, that was <laughs> I a, could have just shown these to you in real really, life. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But no, to listen to the whole discography and talk about them at length. Uh, this album, uh, as soon as I first heard it, I knew it was a special. Th- I mean, the, he, Nick Drake is special, but that, mm-hmm. that album specifically hit me in such a way. Uh, I can still go back to it endlessly. Every song in there fucks me up in a very specific kind of way, uh, even if it's a, a really nice, happy way. Uh, where I said on the episode that I swear to God, Saturday Sun is going to be played at my wedding if, oh, I, if I ever get married. Yeah. <laughs> and I will strong arm whoever I have to, to make that happen. <laughs> uh, still stand by that. And even songs that I, I haven't listened to in a while, I, I, w- I went back to it and jumped around a little bit because, you know, I've heard it so many times. Uh, but even the songs that maybe I neglected, uh, you know, when we first did the episode, it's just, it's so good. It's so fucking... And, my favorite thing about it is the way um is the way the orchestral instruments are integrated because on the on the second album was brighter later yes um that was way more produced that was way more we're gonna have drums and we're gonna have all we're gonna have full bands and everything it's gonna be a giant production it's kind of an outlier in his very short discography short and uh you mean brighter later or uh five leaves left uh the the one with the big production yeah I, I think you said that that was more the his producer's idea. He mm-hmm. wanted to keep it as minimal as possible. Hence, um, Pink was a Pink Moon. Yes, was just a guitar, like the entire album essentially. Uh, but f- five uh, five leaves, five leaves left. That one, I think, it is immaculate. It's perfectly done. Where there's the instrumentation comes in when it needs to to fucking accentuate a part, and it's never there because you expect there to be a whole band or a whole thing. It, it's like it just sort of uh, like for a string section on one song, we'll just kind of glide in mm. 
during like, you know, a refrain or something. And then it'll just kind of ease its way back out and it'll go back to whatever it was doing. Uh, it comes in when it needs to. It's extremely tasteful. It's heart wrenching. It's so fucking beautiful. Every song is amazing. Uh, I've, I've met like an actual buddy of an actual friend of mine because she found that episode just in the ether. Oh, wow. And then now we're friends because like it, it's like this album makes friendships. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, you know, it's uh it's a good he's just a great um i don't even know if he's considered underrated anymore but he's just one of the most like fascinating people in in rock music to me so well yeah truly one of the most overlooked songwriters i mean the man just had an ear for not just melody but like oh wow you didn't that's a beautiful section that i never would have seen coming in this kind of song and it was just him by himself it yeah was, it was always so minimal it's it's really weird like obviously someone like a cobain or jim morrison you know died way too early but for some reason i feel like their careers are are more robust they're also uh, sure they died young but their careers were complete in a sense mm. Uh, whereas you could look at that body of work and be like, that's a fucking body of work. Mm -hmm. And Nick Drake had three albums, but the, he left so unceremoniously. Yes. He, he died in such a fucking quiet and sad and like, oh man, that just, that dude just didn't have it in him. In a very Nick Drake. Yeah. Sort of way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one of the artists where I'm like, we, we truly were robbed of, of greatness there. Uh, but it's a fun episode i mean aside from the sad parts and the album is amazing check that out episode 35 for the full episode also the album came out 69 i should be saying we should be saying the, the years of these albums but i keep forgetting to oh man i didn't write that down uh yeah we'll, we'll just figure it out uh what is your next pick uh my next pick we're gonna do a complete 180 here is uh episode 83 this is yellow magic orchestra yeah bgm yeah um, fuck yes dude dude i like i don't know why it took me to this podcast to listen to them two of the members have passed away. they this like been they just on, died they've yeah. been on my mind a lot yeah. and i can't like i can't believe this band wasn't in my life before they're one of the greatest bands of all i mean anybody new that i meet i'm sorry but i'm talking about ymo yeah it, it, and i can't stop it it yeah. keeps happening yeah. i keep meeting people and talking about ymo <laughs> and by the way bgm came out in 1981 yeah it's their, it's their fourth album the the reason i th i think i gra keep gravitate towards that one is it's by far like the moodiest and darkest i, I feel like i feel like techno dialogue was darker yeah, although bgm is quite dark yeah i feel like that's what a lot of my picks have in common but yeah is this like great moody like video game music it uh, is the coldest like you hear the albums that came up before and after and they they, they do have a lot more shine to it mm -hmm. uh, bgm had this almost it felt like like a, I don't know, a war torn country i mean that that's a really weird vague description yeah. but just in the in the way it, it's like the, you know it's just electronic music but it felt older than it was it did and yeah there's a lot of like um less less singing yeah um the north and then there's this like weird stuff like rap phenomenon hell yeah um but yeah i also like the like 
the like is it about like with Q like oh yeah it's sort of it's not quite a ballad because there's so many ugly funky parts yeah but that chorus it's just fucking gorgeous and then then it does it a few times and then, then it comes in again with like more fucking instruments and it, it builds up it's fucking absolutely amazing they they are masters at um what they do and they really sh- I know they have like a lot of praise, but they should be talked about in the, like the same in the states at least. Yeah, yeah. Because in Japan they're like the Beatles. But oh yeah, yeah. Here, but not quite. No, they really deserve to be talked in the same breath as like a Kraftwerk does. So I, I as much as I love Kraftwerk, and I love Kraftwerk, YMO is it's like not even in the same fucking ballpark to me. It's yeah, it's like Beatles, Rolling Stones, where they're like. Technically, they're doing the same music, but they're so different. So different. And you could actually, you really hear the, the Japanese in YMO and you hear the, the, the German and craft work. Like, mm-hmm. sure, they're both embryonic electronic and they have a lot of the same beat boops and all that. But the, the, the style of writing, it's like YMO is whimsical with the way they write. And craft <laughs> work really? is more robotic. It is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's this, uh, it's this crazy I was not listening to this band before this podcast because I listen to them a lot now. I'm delighted that you picked BGM as well. That was the first album that I heard from them uh, because Robert, of mm. course, who was on the episode with us, um, he he showed it to me uh, like a, we were drinking one night and he just <laughs> he pulled out his fucking pig nose amp and connected <laughs> to our computer because we didn't have computer speakers and puts on uh, music plans and. I was just fucking floored. Yeah. Like, how did someone write a song like this for, for it to be not just dark and, and gorgeous, but completely unlike anything I've ever heard before? Yeah. It's like, I didn't realize those those notes in that sequence could exist. That's how fucking awesome it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I'm really glad they very, very, like, prolific, busy careers, too. And Yeah. They, uh, they I, did I, I forget which one, like, did music scores and oh they i think he got an oscar like for the like the revenant of all also like imagine showing someone this this music and then being like one of these dudes is going to score like this gritty survival movie in like the 1800s that was uh sakamoto who who just died yeah like earlier well as of the recording a couple months ago, if you're seeing this now, um, and that broke my heart because he was my favorite of all the Naughty Boys. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite. They all do so many great things. Mm-hmm. And it's, like the first chunk of albums, you really hear like who wrote which song. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hear them enough times, you kind of recognize the writing style. Sakamoto was the key was the keyboard player, um, and yeah, he just had such a fucking awesome, oh, awesome God. under underrated career. Even because yeah. I. I like to think of myself as like pretty savvy on movies and I never really heard anyone talk about his influence on film, but a big, big influence on film. YMO is just one of the greatest bands to to influence everything that we know. And maybe you don't know where it came from, or maybe the band you like uh, didn't get it specifically from them, but they got it from someone that got it from them. Like they, they just have this, this weird overarching connection to everything. 
also not on this album but like if if you don't like firecracker that's you're out of your fucking mind it's one of the most fun songs you can literally show to anybody anybody yeah. it's so perfect it's I a cover care. but their version it, is the version yeah i don't care if you're five yeah. or 75 yeah it's a it's a fun song absolutely that was on their first album yeah um I believe, yeah it was self-titled uh hell yeah amazing pick i'm excited for that my next pick comes from episode 66 in the Nightside Eclipse by Emperor from uh, came out 1994. I almost picked that one. Hell yeah. yeah. Fuck yes, dude. So uh, that was one of one of the most fun episodes to do because mm-hmm. it was the first black metal band we covered. Yes. The, and not, not just any black metal because we've covered black metal bands since, but never Norwegian black metal, like the first wave of black metal. Yeah. I think that's what it, it was. And Emperor was right in the fucking thick of it. The drummer was a murderer. <laughs> He's one of the many murderers that came out of that scene. Uh, and it gave me an excuse to go ham on all my Norwegian black metal knowledge. Yep. Cause I, you know, I had just recently read Lords of Chaos yep. and I was like, we're talking about this. We're not doing an episode on Burzum for at least six years. I'm, we're talking about it now Yeah, uh, or mayhem or whatever. So it was super fun to just dive into all the insane, uh, crazy history. But then I was not expecting to fall in love with that first album. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, everything I didn't understand about black metal and what I found uh, annoying about it. And um, I felt it was more like the influence more so than the music itself. I was corrected with this album. Yes, they are very musical, um, Emperor. Yes, they, they, they got more even more musical. They got more brutal. They, they became uh, way more of like a machine kind of band, mm-hmm. um, less of like the Norwegian black metal that, that we all kind of, we have like an idea of what that sounded like. It was very raw and screechy and messy and it sounded like it was recorded in, in you know, in a fucking toilet. Uh, uh, and that first album has all of like the, the rawness of the early black metal, but the songwriting of just music nerds. Yeah. Like it wasn't cause you, uh, I dig Mayhem a lot, but a lot of the songs are, you know, it's like fairly standard riffs, but it's it's more about like the presentation and like the the mood and the, and the craziness of how it's being performed. These are like legit great songs that also happen to be insanely abrasive and inaccessible. <laughs> so like uh, I was able to just bypass any kind of annoyance that I had from black metal because the songs are just super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I it's hard for me to find early black metal that scratches that itch that way. Cause I can listen to, to uh, mayhem and immortal or whatever the fuck, like the early stuff. And like, this is super cool for what it is. It has, you feel the fucking history behind it. Uh, it's like really encapsulated, like, you know, time capsule kind of way. Uh, but this album is the one where I'm like, this is just a cooler, better written album than most of them. I just like it more. I'm uh yeah, I'm really glad you picked it. Cause I, I, th- I don't, I thought about picking it and, yeah, it probably deserves to be on my list too. It's like, yeah. And it, a lot of these albums, like I went, I like bought eventually too. Like I own Nightside Eclipse now. And, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, it was, um, it was educational as well as enjoyable just because uh, black metal was one of those genres where uh, I said recently, or we, we both came together and like, it's like the best assist genre <laughs> yeah. where it fucking you come, you couple it with any other genre and it becomes amazing, but on its own, it's really abrasive. It's really niche. Even like a lot of metal people don't like it. And it's, you, you bring a, a normal person into it and it's fucking, it's just torture. But with albums like this, 
you can make a fucking argument at least. Maybe it's, oh, yeah. maybe it hurts your ears and it's annoying and it's still screechy, but these are fucking good songs. They are good songs. Uh, also, to s- sneak in an, uh, another thing you could could have picked, and I'm I'm surprised you didn't. I well, I hope. We, yeah, I I thought you'd have a uh, strapping young. Here's the thing: strapping young lad w- came close. Uh, the problem with Shopping Young Lad, I like too many of their albums okay. equally. Okay, there the, we go. The that, whole disc. Yeah. <laughs> like I love that band so much. Yeah. Like I on that episode, I gave the first album best and personal favorite, uh, which is like controversial for that band. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it so much. I don't fucking care. But then I also love the last album, and then I love the second album. Yeah. And even, okay. Even That's though it. I gave Alien worse, I bet if I went back to it now, I'd fucking love it. Like I, I just yeah. love the band. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. This uh, wanted to sneak that in. Too. Oh yeah, it did not slip by me. I thought about it. On a technicality that you love too much, too much, too, love too many do. of them. What's your What's your next one? Uh, my next pick is episode ninety eight, Farrakhet Medications. Shut the front door! Oh, oh golly! Yeah. Which album? Uh, I'm gonna go with Medications, your favorite people, all in one place. Nice, um, fucking nice. The, although the anthology was also by Farrakhet was also a contender. Both really good Very albums. Good. Um, uh, it was. It's our only episode with two bands in one episode because they share basically every single member. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this band just came out of nowhere. Uh, requested by Drew. Hell yeah. Uh, neither of us knew anything. Like yep. any- they're, yeah, they're a Discord band, I believe. They are Discord which band. Which caught me off guard. Yeah. And um, just going through some stuff at the time of recording that, I hadn't revisited it in a while due to that, but it was just like another band where i'm just like how how, like how have i not been listening to them yeah and i was especially surprised it slipped by me considering i'm a huge discord fan and i'm a huge post hardcore fan it's like you no one's perfect Mm -hmm. there's a lot of these fucking amazing bands that just slip by slip by me and that we found because our amazing fans yeah sent really great requests yeah this was this one stuck out for me absolutely uh medications um, I believe had a, a second guitarist, whereas Farrakhan was just a three piece. Yes. And I, I think that's the thing about your favorite people um, was it felt a little more like math rock mm-hmm. than Farrakhan. And to me, I think that was like s- some of the best drumming they've ever done. Oh, yeah. Uh, underrated drummer album. Yeah. Your, your favorite people all in one place. So um, underrated pair of bands, too. In just in general, um, really, really interesting stuff. Un- unlike any band on Discord, probably. Yeah, I don't want to say that because I haven't listened to every. Yeah, band there's a lot of. Of, I think they had a lot of post hardcore, but I did I, hear I a will, lot of it. I will say one of Discord's more unique bands. Yeah, people tend to go for like Nation and Ulysses or uh, you know Q and Not You or whatever. The, mm-hmm. Like for for the later Discord stuff, mm-hmm. I never once came across Farrakhan or medications, uh, which I think is uh, not cool. They're so good. <laughs> they, this awesome, awesome players that come, comes across in all their albums. hundred uh, percent. My next pick is uh, from uh, episode 98, Farrakhan medications, Farrakhan's anthology, 97 to 98. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude. So I'm glad that we, yeah, there's already overlap. <laughs> Fucking 
I'm telling you, there's bad rules. <laughs> so <laughs> it rules so much. So much. This came together. Right? Medication stuck with you more. Farrakhan stuck with me more. The mm. reason Farrakhan stuck with me more is because, uh, is because the three piece, um, when there were a three piece, the bass was acting like a second guitar playing off of or playing against what the guitar is playing. Whereas in, in medications, it was the two guitars playing against each other. And then the bass sort of going with the drums, which mm. I felt, um, I think I just, I just felt less unique from, mm-hmm. cause you know, a lot of bands have done that. It's still, I mean, I still love the albums, but Farrakhan had this really cool dynamic and everything they did is all on the anthology. And it, uh, it compiles like a bunch of singles and some EPs or like one half of one of their split EPs um, or something like that. But it's a fucking fantastic comp that I kept, I just kept going back to. And even when it was well past, we were well past done with the episode. Uh, I just felt drawn and I kept going back. And even now, if, if I'm, if my, uh, phone is on shuffle and I'm stuck in traffic and, and a ferret cat song comes on, I'm just, I'm all in all over again. Also, also, I, be- I believe the anthology was all instrument. No, no, no. It, it had no. vocals, but oh, there were, there were some instrumental songs in there for sure. Yeah. So it's, it really is this like great driving music. And I, 100%. I, I think there is something about the anthology where it's a three piece and there's less to hide behind. Yeah. It was, it was all the music there was there was less noisiness there was uh less uh mathiness mm-hmm. it was all just the songs front and center they weren't anything like they were all special and unique songs but it wasn't like uh there was more song than presentation mm-hmm. uh and because the songs are so good i f- i found that to work very well uh for me but yeah this, this album rules i kind of want to fucking listen to it right now yeah uh, yeah now i have like so many things i want to listen to on the on my way back i know uh one thing about this anthology that that one of the reasons I like it so much is because it kind of reminds me of of what um uh what the hell are they called Don Caballero did on uh, yes. Amer- American Dawn except yeah. less freeform, more constructed, more uh, well tighter. For, well, uh, maybe that's relative, but mm-hmm. it was more like uh, intentional. It was less jammy. The the songs are way shorter. There's more of like all right, the songs can go here and here and then it's over. Uh, but it still had the same liveliness the mm-hmm. same energy the same amount of like i can drive forever listening to this There's something about those those two albums that i can it's like my favorite driving music like that and can like yeah it's i don't know it just puts you in a fucking soothing mood also uh when i was like in my 20s i i love this local band bad dudes bad dudes just were, recently got them on shuffle again yeah yeah who um yeah them and like don cab and i don't it's it's weird. It's like math rock, but it's also kind of like clean. Yeah, it's it's cleaner, and and it's like when you think math rock, you think complicated for the sake of complicatedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not. It's just good songs that happen to be a little complicated. They're like able to almost add some like pop sensibilities yeah. to it, and uh, and that's definitely why Farrakhan and Medication, because it's like oh, this thing I loved and can't really compare a lot of bands to oh they're they're doing that hell yeah hell yeah what is your next pick my next pick uh episode 124 unwound leaves turn inside you i knew it i i did call this one yeah that is a fucking masterpiece of an album and just insane the circumstances regarding it how the band was you know uh going through a lot of shit Mm -hmm. and to just 
kind of be in disarray and turn out the most like orchestral thing ever with all these different instruments and it's a double album um and yeah maybe maybe i would have found this one on my own but and uh i i still feel like i found it too late in my life and yeah this was requested by by cole who's requested stuff for us before like a long time supporter and the the this is like the most batshit thing where he told us on our discord that he met someone at a show who also listened to the pod and then they bonded over this episode which he had requested <laughs> which is like it's it, it doesn't seem real <laughs> also i just feel like an idiot for not catching them on the the reunion uh, tour yeah i, yeah, I hope um, there's another tour and i, w- I will prioritize that this time that's painful that's painful i fucked up everybody i fucked up leaves turn inside you i mean that album so i didn't give it best which is controversial i mm. did it's my favorite for sure of all the albums but i kind of question that now i think if i went back and redid the episode I would probably give the future of what best, which you gave worst, and I would probably give. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I would give future of what personal favorite, and then leaves turn inside you best, um, because I, I didn't love the pacing of it, especially because it's so long. But the songs that hit hit so goddamn hard, like hit harder than basically every other album we've done. Uh, Re- like it feels really unique too. Absolutely, because yeah. they have stuff that sounds more like what they usually do, the more post hardcore stuff, and then they have stuff that's just so angelic and gorgeous and lengthy very post-rock uh and there's certain like almost every song on this on this album if it again if it comes out on shuffle i'm stopping my fucking day yeah you forget how fucking god that one i I did contemplate putting that one on the list i i almost did yeah that is uh like the feeling i got from listening to that the first time was like the same feeling i got listening to like got the first time i heard like a godspeed album. yeah so yeah very like this big cinematic thing in my head listening to the music it's a big moving experience and also it's their last album which was like one hell of a swan song dude it it is yeah it's crazy um it's also we didn't see that one coming either because like we listened to the whole the whole discography and i love the whole I love every fucking album of theirs. Mm-hmm. And then that one comes on and it's just so like, it's like light speed. Like they just were on some shit and they were like, no, we're going to make everything really, really different. It's almost like a diff- different band compared to the rest. They, they do some shifts and changes, but um, yeah, this even unique amongst their own discography. Great brand, super underrated band. One of the one of the one of our favorites out of all the episodes we've done. Hundred percent. Hell yeah. Uh, my next pick uh, is from episode one hundred and eight. This is 1986's "The Color of Spring" by Talk Talk. Oh shit! Talk Talk ain't it's Talk Talk. talk, talk ain't missing my list talk talk <laughs> that, that that episode changed my fucking life yeah it did dude uh so they were a band that didn't fucking put out a bad album although it's my life is their worst and i would say their worst <laughs> and uh just the least memorable everything like the party's over made my most underrated albums list because it's just like a perfect new wave album that no one talks about mm-hmm uh of course spirit of eden laughingstock pioneered post-rock it basically invented post-rock yeah those get their those get their dues color of spring is the one right in the middle it's the, it's the, yeah. the third album out of five it is to me the perfect blending of everything they ever did it has the new waviness but it has so much depth and uh along with the minimalism that would come on spirit of eden and laughingstock and i went back to it 
Uh, just to like, I know I love the album. I remember loving this more than most albums. There's no way I don't still love it. And I love it even more. God, Damn. like stuff that I just forgot about uh, that. And it's also a thing where there's eight tracks in the album and they're all pretty lengthy tracks. It's not like a short album or an easy album to just throw on and, you know, get through. But uh, what makes it amazing is that it, it not unlike an ISIS, um, it demands patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the songs develop and grow, of course, they, they do it in ways you wouldn't expect, but they do it in 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 such different ways with every song. Uh, some of them are like just this weird, almost gothic sounding, beautiful part, and the other one is just super poppy. Another one has fucking children's choirs on it. It's it's fucking lovely. It's and then the the the, the closer is like eight minutes, and it, it keeps growing and growing until the final two and a half minutes. It turns into this fucking oh. I just crying <laughs> thinking about it. It's so pretty. It's so good. You know, this is not as like profound impact on me, but hearing you talk about it and like, I guess like seeing how other people react to it. It is one of the few discographies, not album. Like I, I need to revisit their like whole discography. They are. It's a whole discography worth revisiting. It's like, mm-hmm. there's no, so, uh, just be honest here. A lot of this, what we do here is a fucking chore. There's a lot of albums we don't sure. want to li- listen to. Talk Talk was one of like the only ones where I was genuinely excited to see what happened next. Mm-hmm. And the and the journey from album one to album five is insane. I mean, unrecognizable, unrecognizable is the understatement of the fucking century. <laughs> it's like from new wave to post rock. Like how how do you connect those? And the color spring is where it connects. There, that's the the missing. Well, not a missing link, but you know. I, I can't think of very many albums. I'm sure there's albums that, that would fit in with it, mm-hmm. but it, it feels wholly, it's wholly unique and wholly its own, even within this discography, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, cause you know, spirit of Eden and laughing stock can kind of go together. Uh, it's my life part. The party's over kind of go together. Yeah. Color spring is like, here's the, here's a giant shift. We're taking a fucking turn right here. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Love it so much. Amazing. Uh, my next pick is from episode 126 the walker brothers night flights yeah fuck yeah holy shit um i i kind of knew what the walker brothers were going into this episode yeah we're this keep on chugling keep on chugling and then i get to night flights and holy shit you want to talk about 180s about oh my god and that's again it's another last album huge fucking turn huge swing they Uh, were a cover band before that they were a fucking cover band pretty much this traditional 60s pop group with the orchestra yeah, like and baroque pop or uh, maybe broke pop is, i forget what the right term is but yeah you know you know country western influenced good singing and fucking cocaine infused disco music this comes out of nowhere the electrician comes Dude, out that of nowhere song fucking that will that will change a person that song will change a person it is just like <laughs> It's one of the few things where it's like, uh, if you don't like the Walker Brothers, but you're like into like synth stuff or electronic, like you just need to listen to this one album. Really? I mean, that's like the only album I can go back to. I mean, I like the rest of the stuff, but it's it's a lot of covers and it's a lot of like 
the specific type of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful, but it, it's what it is. It has its place in time. Night flat. It's transcends time. It transcends. It's <laughs> fucking weird. It's like, so we're talking about uh, unwound and how they had this, you know, they had this, a pretty like or, or even, trackable discography. Yeah. And then they take a shift at the very end to go wild. This is like this dude discovered all the drugs at once and then made an album immediately. <laughs> pretty much it's just <laughs> almost having the context of what the band is and then listening to it makes me like appreciate it yep, more absolutely but it's it's like a great piece of like dark synth disco music and yeah it's so un- <laughs> so unexpected <laughs> completely unexpected i think it's their only album with no covers right yeah, yeah, so, I, I think we talked about that where where you're like, in a lot of ways, this is the most Walker Brothers because yeah, there's no cover. Exactly, it's the only pure rock Walker Brothers. The thing is, so when I saw that before hearing it, I, I saw that it's the only album with, without covers, and I thought it could either be absolute dog shit mm-hmm. or fine. Yeah, there's no way it's going to be wild and amazing. <laughs> it's wild and amazing. It's, a, it's wild and amazing. Yeah. So uh, what a ride! <laughs> what a f- what a ride! Man, that was. Still, never could have saw that one coming. If if you're going on blind the way we did, never could have saw that. One yeah, I, and yeah, I don't know about like Scott Walker's solo stuff. I think it's I, more similar from he, what I've heard. Yeah, I know he's done stuff with Sun, but even then, I I was not expecting this, and uh, it's it's good. It's good ass music. It's good ass music. My next pick comes from episode 113 that is 1980s in the flat field by Bauhaus. Oh, Bauhaus! Dude. So this is another one of the uh, I should have heard this forever ago. Uh people know this especially this album and know this mm-hmm. like yeah, where you been at? You fucking spaz. But Bauhaus is always a band that I was curious about. I always saw everyone with patches that mm. kind of turned me off. Like uh, these people I don't like really like this band. I'll mm. get to it later in life and just forgot and just, just, you know, kept forgetting until uh, we got, uh, we got a request. Almost everything we've mentioned so far has been a requested episode. So thank you to our wonderful fans <laughs> for doing this for us. But this one was finally requested. I'm like, okay, perfect. An excuse. I have no way out of it. Yeah. I have to fucking listen to this band. I will gather an opinion. And then the first fucking album. It's just a goth post-punk fucking masterpiece. I almost thought this almost made my list, but I'm just, I'm probably lying to myself, but I'm like, I like to think I would have found this on my own eventually, but I like to think that as well, but I didn't this for sped it up. so yeah. many years yeah, that I've, I felt like, I, like maybe I would have, I'm good. sure maybe I would have, but it probably would have taken a friend at least mm-hmm. to like force it onto me uh, or guilt me. But Again, goth music just fucking rules, dude. Where it's at, <laughs> dude. And like the fact that it, uh, and Bauhaus is, you know, very much like a pioneer of goth. But in the flat field, it feels so like when you when you think of goth, you think of like the Cure, you think of like dancey and and dancing sad and synthy. Mm-hmm. But you know, gothy. This is like brutal post punk, like there's, gritty brutal post punk. There's no elements of of pop music. Here. No, I mean, yeah. there's, there's the worst song in the album to me is Small Talk Stinks, which I hate that song. Yeah. And it almost made me take out the whole fucking album. <laughs> but like uh, that one has like some weird campiness to it. Mm-hmm. But everything else is, is so, again, it's very gritty and dirty and twisted. Like uh, I think it's a God, a God in the Alcove 
got in an alcove. Mm-hmm. I can't even say those words, alcove, um, where it's like, oh, this is bordering on sludgy, where it's, it's like really twisted and fucked up and slow and punishing. And, and the production of it is insanely raw and, and, and kind of shitty. So it, it kind of builds this whole mood for it. Uh, it's fucking amazing. It's so, it's yeah, it's absolutely one of the best post-punk albums ever. Uh, you could see why it was so influential to goth and, and all that. Absolutely, genuinely I, morbid. I'm, I'm another album. I'm glad you you picked to clean up my loose ends, dude. Uh, I was I was going back to it a little bit. I didn't go back to all these albums, just a, just a few, but mm-hmm. I did go back to this one. And while listening to it, I was like, "This is rad," and I, and I started getting a little high. Uh, and then as I was getting high, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this thing." I don't remember what this song sounds like. I forget which song it is now because I was high. But I, I put it on. I'm listening to it and it has, it opens up with a clean guitar riff by itself. I thought like, okay, this, I would normally register as a pretty average riff. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, just the most unorthodox and smart arrangements and the way certain instruments come in, it's like, that's brilliant. Like it took a thing that I would have dismissed and made it fantastic because they're that, they're, they're, they're that good. That's why it's something fucking rules. Hell yeah. It, it takes you, it takes you places you, you couldn't have predicted. Oh, so good. Hell yeah. Um, my next pick in keeping with my like wacky cocaine synth theme uh is episode 137 Martin DuPont. Oh shit, I you th- I did not see that coming. Just because Holy shit. Just because. Dude, yes. Yes, yeah. I did not think you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, what dude, it's very interesting random band much like Farrakhan and medications yep and uh i i i didn't know what the hell to expect here and it's uh, much like you know night flights it's this great dark synth uh universe yep uh gothy vocals again it's kind it's kind of dirty too so it this it checks all these boxes for me there's there's some unorthodox guitar solos and um yeah really unique band hell yeah and so i love that album it's my favorite album of theirs i, I think it's I, their best i think we had same picks same picks yeah. uh, my robert my brother was on that episode he uh, he went with hot paradox i think hot paradox is considered like the best among fans mm-hmm. but for some reason just because stuck with us just because uh it, I, it's like it it's it is early electronic. It came out eighty four, so it wasn't like super early, but it's it is pretty early for electronic, and it had this really again that you said the dark the darkness of it, mixing that level of darkness with that zany of early electronic is something that, I haven't heard before. That's a good way. That's a good way to to put it because zany and and dark you could you know end up with comical results. Yeah, but the results here are far from comical so good such unique unusual bass lines uh and then there was there's one track specifically that i'm like that i thought like this sounds like if i didn't hate isolation by joy division oh shit or it's like funny and goofy and really bright mm-hmm. but there's edge to it there's and it, it and also um uh with alan the the singer his there he's like go. he has a, a very similar gothy croon to like even mm-hmm. Ian curtis or like he has that 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 uh timbre to his voice oh uh, but he was like a i felt he was like a great singer so like whenever it reminded me of joy division it's like but he's better than ian curtis i'm gonna get flack for that but go fuck yourself i thought he was a terrible singer even though he is great uh i just liked his voice more also i hate you for pulling up their band camp 
because uh, I can't I can't work this month due to uh, broken foot issues. And they're playing L.A. at time of recording this. Oh, no. Really? Where? Oh, oh, oh. I might do something financially. I'll fucking buy you a ticket. I don't give a fuck, dude. We're going. What? Are you going to be back? Shit. Am I going to be back? Uh, Yes. Dude. Actually, wait. Yes. Uh, that's a, Yeah, I'll be back. Let's fucking go. We're going to go. I have to buy Robert a ticket, too. Uh, Hell, yeah. We're all going. Hell, Bro, yeah, dude. Please tell me it's fucking not sold out we're gonna find out right now there's no if this is sold out good for them but also there's no way it's sold out. <laughs> there's no i know <laughs> uh oh with drab manager see get the fuck out of here this is gonna oh it's gonna it's gonna slap so we're we're fucking absolutely gonna see martin Dupont. hell yeah dude oh yeah so uh that that lines up perfectly because in the episode uh you know um ellen was kind enough to to answer tom our boy Tom Osmond, his questions and gave us a bunch of insight into the band, uh, the exclusive insight. And one thing they said was like, they're, they're going to reunite. Uh, and I was wondering when that would happen. And here it is, baby. It's happening. Dude, the stars align. And uh, I, I love... Did you say the accident of stars align? Oh, shit. That's that the name of one of their albums. Oh, yeah. And uh, thank you for the ticket. And uh, I love how my... Love of the band caught you off guard, and now we're going to see them live. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Ah, all right. Hell yeah. I'm excited <laughs> for that. Dude. <laughs> dude, this month, so many fucking awesome things are happening. I am going to be all over the world and apparently going to be back in time to see fucking Martin DuPont. That's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shit. Welcome back to LA, Martin DuPont. Night. Hell yeah. Uh, my next pick, and this is where our friendship ends. Uh, because this is this is the first time we're going to like disagree because we've been on we've been simpatico this episode yeah, yeah this comes from episode 116 that is 1990s the laws oh the laws yeah. dude uh you are not su super jazz about it it's their only album it's a there's a whole bunch that we talk about on the episode uh and it's one of the most like beloved albums of all time and you you come and you're like i don't get it and i come and i'm like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've listened to this album so many fucking times since that episode. I adore this album. I'm, you know, I'm not mad at it. There's, there's worse things to be into. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's again, yeah, sure. It's very, the who like, and it's not mm -hmm. like the most original thing. Uh, and it came out 1990 and it sounds like it was recorded in 19 fucking 68 or whatever. Uh, it, I, I, I love that. I always forget this producer's name. We've covered a lot of albums he's uh, he's produced, but uh, Steve Lillywhite. There we go. We've encountered him a lot. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And like the <clears throat> the making of this album was such a nightmare. It, it got postponed for like twenty years. How long did they get postponed for? For a while, they were working on these songs. You know, oh, so long, and they uh, they like recorded the whole thing a bunch of times, and then scrapped it, and then recorded it again, and scrapped it mm -hmm. because uh, what's his fucking face? Lee Mavers is a psychopath, <laughs> and it was just never satisfied until this version, which I think is fucking fantastic, and I, I love the way it came out. Maybe the amount of money and time doesn't it isn't really translate. You don't hear sure. that this thing took ten years, You're like, yeah. really, but. Uh, they're fucking amazing songs. I think the writing on it is is almost, like basically flawless from top to bottom. I think it's a perfect album. Uh, I truly like can't find myself not enjoying it at any point. Like you put this on, I'm I'm already in the mood for it. you. you mm -hmm. This album puts me in the mood for it. Uh, and then on the deluxe edition, it has like the a lot of the demos, the early versions of songs, and it's like oh yeah, these 
I could see why this took so long. These were different songs. Yeah, that it's one of the um despite not being big on it, it's one of the few instances where it's like, no, you really should listen to the demos to hear how like different yeah, they they developed they, out. they grew and they changed like they went from being really garagey and kind of raw and uh yeah really like 60s garage rock into this uh way more um alternative brit pop yeah more brit poppy uh and i think with the way the songs are written the actual foundation they sound better the brit pop way i think it's a fucking beautiful pleasant extremely pleasant album like mm-hmm. this will not upset anybody especially if you're on uh, birth, female birth control or whatever the fuck i was uh, there about, she goes <laughs> i was about to bring that up my favorite part of the episode was connie being like oh yeah i've they did like a morning after pill commercial yeah. featuring there she goes. It was, and a, it was a cover of it. <laughs> we looked it up and we we're like, this is sucks. It's fucking su-. Like, hilarious. Dude, it was a, it was a cover of it. And I, I remember that commercial on <laughs> loop growing up and I hated the song. And I, and I went back to it when you sent me that. I was like, no, is that the same? No. Yeah. <laughs> and I listened to the, I saw the commercial again with the cover. I'm like, this fucking blows in the album. Fits like a glove, and obviously I like the original a yeah. lot more. Um, it's probably my least favorite song on the album. Still like it. Still like it in the context and the original version. Hell yeah! Goddamn, love it. I'm so glad I found this. Song. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another requested episode too. Uh, my next pick is uh, maybe maybe unexpected, but I'm gonna go episode 148, Catherine Wheel yes. Chrome. Yes, very nice. It is the most like one of the most 80s 90s albums um again very moody channeling like some depeche mo and some cure stuff but it is this unique blend of heavy stuff and shoegaze and unique feedback usage um and then as as you pointed out on the episode like some really unique vocal harmonies um it's a band i didn't walk away loving but the these first two albums particularly chrome is is great chrome is fantastic that one uh that one leaves an impression that you can't really deny uh a lot of the stuff uh, later on, it felt like more hit or miss. I still like the band a lot, but there Chrome, is, Chrome is the one, man. Yeah, yeah. There's some wild choices made later in their life, but uh, yeah, th- uh, I said on the episode, but I, man, they are like the most '90s band to ever exist. Like they were of the '90s. They they only existed in the '90s, except mm-hmm. for like the very last album, which I did like the last album a lot. But uh, yeah, it, like everything about them, just like oh yeah, when you think of '90s, this is exactly the type of thing, like the production style, the type of riff. The, the style of vocals, everything about it, uh, except no one talks about it. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody talk about Catherine Wheel. I, it was heavily influential to Shoegaze, uh, more so on the first album than anything else. Mm-hmm. But Chrome is like where they, they kind of stepped away from the shoegaziness, shoegaziness and it got heavier, it got harder, it got radder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mean this as like an insulting way, but yeah, kind of like this b-level band that you know was maybe talked about during the 90s and time has kind of muddied the waters like right on the cusp right there too but um yeah definitely a like cool unique maybe one of the 
the more like underrated albums to ever come out in the 90s. Definitely. I'd say 100%. Uh, it's a fantastic album. And it, I've never heard it mentioned to me once in my entire life. Uh, the band, let alone the album. Yeah, most definitely. It, it's the encapsulation of I would not have discovered this without the podcast. Yep. And that was another requested episode. And plus the singer, Rob Dickinson, is Bruce Dickinson's from Iron Maiden, his cousin, <laughs> which right. is the most bizarre of re- music music relations. Really? Yeah, really weird. I mean, you couldn't pick two more different bands. Are in like total opposite ends of, of fame and fortune. That too. <laughs> that as well. Uh, yeah, underrated album. Very fucking cool album. I mean, cool band. Uh, yeah, this is like a, if you don't like Britpop, but you're open... Catherine Wheel. Yes, yes. Um, really, well, uni- very unique discography, how people feel about different albums, but this album fucking rules. This album absolutely does rule. My next pick, this is from episode 127. This is 1978, White Music by Ecstasy. And the reason I, I brought that up is because I think uh, three picks in a row, they were requested by the same guy, Scott. Oh shit! Who, who was with us for a long time? Uh, requested some fucking apparently awesome episodes that we took a lot from. Yes, that's fucking three in a row. It might have been four total, but three in a row yes. at least that he requested. So thank you, Scott, so much. S- Scott's one of my favorite listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but White Music uh, is Ecstasy's first album, and I what I believe is their best album. They have a lot of albums. It's a. Uh, uh, very very discography and with a lot of differing opinions on the band uh, and they have a lot of albums that people go to as best like different albums that people go to as best no one goes to this one as best and i don't know why it, it is it's arguably the most unique absolutely yeah along with even the second album is is, is pretty unique as well go to mm-hmm. which came out the same year uh that one is also in like in the same vein but just not quite as snappy and interesting or well-written as white music. And I, I, it's a, it's a post-punk masterpiece. It's, it's like, I was almost mad that I'd never heard it when I, when I first heard it. Yeah. Cause of like within seconds, I was like, I cranking it in my car. Like, fuck yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, within seconds. And then it just, held it the entire album like that level of enthusiasm it's it's such a fucking perfect album if you if listeners are fans of devo and you haven't heard white music yet i it's different but like yeah it is crazy like more like devo fans aren't like yeah yeah ecstasy it's like if devo was even more wiry and energetic yeah like it's so tight it's insanely tight uh and then you hear that kind of musicality elaborated a lot on later albums um they get they end up doing a bunch of double albums and like extremely elaborate and deep not for everyone but not not for me not for alex but like albums like uh, drums and wires and english settlement and skylarking are like ones people go to it's like those are fucking the best Mm -hmm. uh I like all those albums. I, I genuinely like those albums, but white music is just, it's truly flawless. Like I, I can't find anything wrong with it. I can find a couple things here and there from the other albums that I don't like. Uh, I, white music is just perfect. I do need to revisit the first three albums. I did enjoy those the most. I think everything after that just like ruined me. And I was like, <laughs> I don't need to listen to this band for a long while. There, yeah, there, there is a lot of stuff about this band that I didn't like, uh, especially as it went on. My, my most 
devastating uh, moment. I don't remember which album it was. Uh, it was one of the last two. Was it? Might have been. Let me find it real quick. No, it was the it was the second to last album. Okay. It was uh, Apple Venus Volume One. It, uh, the last two albums aren't streaming because they went through a whole, you know, ass fucking and they got screwed and it's harder to get a hold of. But uh, it was Apple Venus Volume One. The opening track, R- River of Orchids, Orchids, Orchids. Uh, it was one of the best songs they've ever done. It was mind blowing. It was like that, an orchestral yeah. masterpiece. Like that, yeah. I was like. Oh my God, they became the greatest band in the world again. And then the rest of the album really, really fucked me hard. Shit the bed for really, you. Yeah. But like, even toward the, like to the very end, they were still like really experimenting and trying really wild stuff. So I ended up like loving Andy Partridge and respecting him a lot. Even if I didn't love all of his choices, mm-hmm. but white music was like, this is perfect post-punk. This is perfect. This is like required listening post-punk. Yeah. It, it, it is the same way Catherine, uh, Catherine wheels is like, should be required nineties listening. This should be yep. required post-punk hundred percent. What you got my next pick. So now we're, and I'm glad we went in reverse. Cause now maybe this is more recent yeah. to some of our listeners. I'm going episode 158 God possession. Nice. Nice man. What a, what a fucking brutal, unrelenting short short career this band had. Yep, not easy to find either. There's a couple albums on YouTube. Uh, I think they're all on YouTube actually, but none of them streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just I was surprised. I liked it so much too. Um, yep. fantastic stuff. Because it's like I like a lot of noise rock, but not all of it. So. And yeah, this is this is awesome. It's uh, like it's beyond noise rock. It's it's into more. It goes. It teeters a little bit into industrial, but definitely goes into like punishing heavy swan style of metal, quote unquote. It's not it, quite metal, yeah. but really unique bass sound on that album. It's like metallic. There's saxophones. Yeah, John Zorn. Yeah, yeah. There's saxophones on it. It's just one of the the craziest like noise rock albums. If you're a fan of the Jesus lizard, um, swans, uh, scratch acid, scratch Scratch acid. acid. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you definitely need to look up God. God is incredible. God, God is like, I'll put it in like the top five of most underrated bands we've ever covered. Oh shit. Like, cause it's insane that there it's not easy to get a hold of a lot of info about these guys. Mm. They're, they were very short lived. They, uh, the main member whose name I forgot and I'll find out in a moment, Kevin Martin or Kevin Richard Martin. He went on to do a million, a million releases, very like dub jazz core, industrial hip hop, dance hall, dubstep. Like he went yeah. on to do a lot of things. <laughs> and then this at the very beginning, it's like, wait, what? Whoa, whoa. That's yeah. a very heavy, brutal. Like, also, I totally forgot this album was like on Virgin records. That's fucking nuts. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It, you hear the album. It's fucking ridiculous. That's probably part of why it's not streaming, right? Yeah. Like probably, it's probably collecting fine. dust somewhere. I'm sure they were okay. Burying this one. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's, it's a shame. I mean, this is a, for friends of heavy music. This is like, this is one of the ones like 
it's they're you know super lengthy songs and it's really punishing. But uh, there's something addictive about it. There's something really like uh, it is you, groovy. Yeah. yeah, you want to hear it for a long time. The the long songs make sense. They don't feel like they're wasting your time. Uh, and I don't know. I I found myself really going back to God a lot. Uh, yeah, insanely insanely underrated and a, and a brutal fucking album. And if you like John Zorn, you're already fucked in the head. And you like this because he's on there too. Yep. Uh, seek him out. Hell yeah. Uh, my next pick and one I am very surprised you didn't pick. Very surprised. This is from episode 152. This is 2017's Exuvia by Ruins of Beverest. That was my next pick. Oh, really? I think I got my numbers. Numbers mixed up? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. Well, well, then we'll talk about it right now then. Yeah, might as well. I messed up the order, but whatever. Yes, that is. It's a better surprise. This album this album, the amount of times I've gone to this one, how much this album has comforted me when I was having fucking stage fright, panic shit going about to perform, like just putting on something that comforts me for some reason, it's the ruins of Beverest. <laughs> it is a, and I'm going to repeat myself a lot here because it's also still fresh in my head. It is a black metal masterpiece. And it's beyond black metal too. It's like, it's, it it's, is black metal, but it's beyond it it's doing a lot of creative different things but still atmospheric uh i can't imagine like well purists are gonna do what purists do and complain about things but um it's not like a a stretch where it's like oh they're they're doing like shoegaze stuff or there's clean like this is still brutal and heavy but pushes uh where this heavy genre could go without dabbling in uh, more random music genres. Yeah. It's not coupling it with anything. It is, if anything, the only thing it's coupling it with is uh sludge and death, yes. which is, we, it's not like unheard of. We plenty of like black death bands or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, but the way they do it or the way he does it, it's, it's the one guy fucking uh, Victor Von fucking Nordstrom. What's his name? Oh, fucking Dr. Doctor Doom. <laughs> Dr. Doom? I, <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't remember. I, was, I, was, I just thought of Kramer's <laughs> fake name in Seinfeld. Uh, what's his fucking name? Do you uh, think that's a uh, side quest here? Do you think that's because uh, Jerry Seinfeld's a uh, comic book fan? So... I don't know if it's exactly a one to one. Kramer, yeah, is it's not. Uh, it's it's definitely possible because I know I'm real. We all know the, the fucking um, uh, the the Superman reference in every single episode. Yeah, it could be because he's a giant fucking nerd. Um, Alexander Fron Mylenwald or Alexander von Mylenwald. There uh, we go, Uh Yeah, this dude. The way he does it, it's it's was- very musical, but it's. It's not even remotely lacking on brutality. Like it's not even. It's it's so brutal. It is. It is so creative, and it just like yeah. This is one of the few albums that I I don't own partially because it's just not like boom right there at face value. But I know how to get my hands on this album. I need I need to do it sooner rather than later. It's wonderful, and and. The ways this this album because we've been talking about a lot of metal here and in brutal stuff specifically, but it's like that's not that's not what it's not why we're gushing about it. It's 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 brutal and heavy, but the choices, the melodic choices, are so unusual. And uh, my favorite song on the album that I've listened to countless times is toward towards Malakia, mm-hmm. and 
the opening, I don't know, three, four minutes of it. It's like, it's pure bliss. Mm -hmm. It's like where I, I could put that on and I am in a different world. I don't need anybody. I feel good and happy. And it's the main rip is this insanely nauseating, twisted, fucked up guitar riff where it's like the kind of thing that would give you anxiety. It's like a, yeah. it's a really ugly paranoid riff and it, it's so unique and it, it blends so beautifully with, with the, uh, like the rhythm section keeps changing. It keeps growing and changing. So the riff stays the same, but everything around it changes. So it, it gives us new context. The, the longer it goes on, uh, it, it lights up my soul. <laughs> no. It brings me genuine happiness. Uh, when, when this episode was suggested, this is the first album I thought of. Um, I, I just let, I love it so much. It's like criminally, a lot of these things are underrated yeah. in my opinion, but um, I mean, I wouldn't have found them either if not for you wonderful weirdos who suggest these things. So like, yeah, 90% of our 95% of our lists are, are requested episodes, which is very encouraging. It's so goddamn encouraging. It's also very interesting. This, uh, he, I think he's from Germany. Yeah. This like German guy incorporating these indigenous people. Yeah, that's right. There's it, a lot of, yeah. He, he does it well. Um, oh yeah. It, it, that's one thing that, yeah, that we talked about in the episode where it's like, uh, we, we've heard plenty of instances where they use like native American stuff or native, whatever stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it just feels like, Oh, they're trying, they're doing the native American sound thing it, now. It feels kind of shoehorned in or not, yeah. not as natural or and, obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Here it's like, yeah, you recognize it as uh native instruments and chants and whatever, but in the context, it's way darker. It's way more fucked up and unsettling. And it, bl it blends so perfectly with the songs. Like even with, even on towards Malachia, mm -hmm. it goes into a break like that, um, uh, where it has this like, you know, native sounding thing, but the, the, you know, the, the actual melodies that the, the chanting is, is doing, uh, it's like, that doesn't sound very, uh, native in the way we recognize it. It's still like almost metal, but it's just presented in this way. And then cuts right into a fucking blasting section and it, it just it it's so seamless it's it's fucking it's fucking amazing i cannot like flawless yeah fucking amazing album i mean for fans of extreme metal who haven't heard this i don't know what the deal is I, it's like you know what i'll give a pass considering a lot of these albums i should have heard a long time ago yeah i think this one is just a little more puzzling because sometimes the extreme music world feels kind of small mm -hmm. and I kind of get how some of the other things went under the radar, but this one is just perplexing even to me. Yeah. Especially with the dude who's put out so many great albums, like the album that we gave worst was only worse because it was the most insanely <laughs> hilariously badly produced, like of almost anything we've ever covered. The songs on it, I love the songs on it, but I, it was literally difficult to listen to like i couldn't even it hurt my speakers in my ears some of the early stuff is hard i definitely like his last two albums the well i think like those are the most adventurous album. and most wild for sure i uh, don't know if he's gonna do another album as the ruins of beverest but if he does i'm fucking excited for it that'd be delightful i'd be into it uh my last pick and sorry this final chunk of episode it just got real boring and repetitive but from episode 158 the anatomy of addiction from God. <laughs> that was that was part of yeah. My my dyslexia kicked in. I got my numbers mixed up, but we yeah. have very similar picks in the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anatomy of addiction was their last album. Came out ninety four, which I preferred over possession. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because possession had moments that that lost my attention that that kind of dragged on longer than I, than I liked the enemy addiction was a longer album but kept me there the entire way mm-hmm. and that that's a a strange one for me because with stuff that's this punishing and this lengthy there's you really have to fucking walk that tightrope because yeah. it's it's really not pleasant <laughs> it's like to, to make it somehow uh, a thing that you want to keep returning to. I don't even understand how you would do it. If, scientifically, I have no idea how it could be done. Uh, yeah, at face value, I think we talked about that too. Like, why yeah. why, why do we enjoy this music? I can't explain it. I yeah. can't give you an answer. It's just so satisfying. The songs on that album are so satisfying. And they it, they are deceptively diverse on that album as well. There's a lot of different feels and moods, even though it's all very punishing and loud. But uh, this one, I, I just find myself just putting it on all the time in the car with people in the car with me. I don't fucking care. Like I, this is what I'm in. I'm in this mode right now. We're going in God mode. And you're all going to fucking join me. You're going to deal with it. And even then, like I even kind of question like how much would even a lay person hate the anatomy of addiction on on the background mm. because there's something where I've talked about in the past, something that it's like a philosophy of mine where, of infinity riffs where a, a type of riff where it doesn't have a set limit where you could hear it an infinite amount of times. You'll never get tired of it. And I can't explain how it becomes that way or what makes it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somehow certain albums just have it. Yeah. Uh, certain more songs than albums have it, but this album fucking has it where yeah, put it on for three hours. I don't care. It's fucking awesome. I'm stuck in traffic driving to Glendale. Miserable. Ooh. But I listen to the whole album and it just fucking flies by. I don't know if I'm adventurous enough to listen to God in traffic. Maybe <laughs> maybe one day. I, re- I remember being younger, accidentally putting on a fucking Pantera Beyond whatever. All far beyond driven? That was a mistake in traffic. It is unusual hearing this insanely intense music when you're at a standstill. Sometimes it can center me. I have listened to like brutal music in traffic, but there are just certain albums where I'm like, I'm going to have a bad time. It is tougher. It is tougher. And it's like, um, as much as we love brutal music and metal in general, it does have its place. Like we can't put it on everywhere. Even if we love it, it doesn't mean we love it every single situation. Yeah, there is the like, you know. Hearing the aggression helps deal with it inside so we don't do something awful in real life. Yeah. And some people have their <laughs> ways of doing it. Some people have uh, exercise or martial arts or uh, writing. Uh, some of us or, have screaming along to God. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, God damn. We, we've done a nice thing with this podcast. We found a lot of good stuff. <laughs> we've, we've sometimes there's a lot of, uh, well, it can feel like, uh fucking like I'm a Flintstones uh, uh, device where it's just like, it's a living. It's yeah. not even a living. It's not even a living. It's not <laughs> but, even close to a living. <laughs> but um, it's a doing. So yeah, this is a good, good episode to focus on what I've walked, you know, walked away from with it. Oh yeah. Some, some fucking gems. God damn. Yeah. And we owe a lot of it to you so thank you thank you listeners and uh man yeah we kind of came together towards the end there with the last two picks oh yeah absolutely yeah. dude different god albums but uh basically they're all discovered yeah yeah they're 
both bands of discographies are if you're into any of it that's already a bonding moment yeah yeah god so. damn uh so I guess that wraps it up. Thank you so much, everyone, for hanging out and watching it, and especially to all the people who've been with us for this whole time requesting all these fucking awesome episodes and albums that we now have to enrich our lives for the rest of our lives. Uh, it's a good time. And if you want to hang out with us further and suggest more things for us, you know what to do. Leave comments, talk some shit, like the video, subscribe, and more importantly than all of that, and it's how they requested these episodes to us, patreon.com. Slash every album ever. Uh, you get the bonus episodes. Uh, we, you get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls to decide who we cover next. You could join our Discord and be part of our community. Um, and it's also where we pull out our EAE singles episodes, topics, and albums or whatever. You just throw all your suggestions in there and we pick them out. And if you're tier two, if you're bigger than Jesus, then you can suggest a full discography for us to cover on a full numbered episode, like basically almost all of our picks. Uh, so go there, do that. Hell yeah. Thank you. While we're talking about tears, I just want to, since we're, you know, talking about the, the people who support us, want to give a shout out to Chase for joining the Lemmy's Mole tier. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He did a while back, but yeah, I, I, I've even, never stopped appreciating even it. Even if it was for only one month. Uh, amazing moment. Hell to, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. The, the Lemmy's Mole tier, it offers nothing bonus. It's just if you like us more. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, yeah, Chase is fucking can send us comic books cool dude dude great much appreciated love you so much <laughs> uh and yeah you follow me on all social media at pander monkey and alex on instagram at every album alex hell yeah please be sure to, to check out our history guy tom osmond at tom osmond sounds and all social media as well as tom osmondsounds.com for all his music and uh check out his his album both his albums uh industrial state of mind as well as so much for one day's work you can find links to both of those in the description very cool stuff very talented man uh, and his substack tomosman.substack.com has a bunch of writings about music as well as interviews um some of which he's gotten for the pod very very cool stuff uh cool artists and all that Oh yeah, and check out yeah my WEP Panther Monkey, which is approaching uh, the one year anniversary next week. It'll be one day off from the one year anniversary. Oh shit! Uh, so check that out if you haven't already. It's fun stuff. It'll be a while before I put out another one. Writing takes a long time, and I care very much about my music, and I take my sweet time. Might be many years, uh, but we'll see what happens. You know, anything can happen. Uh, links to that in the description. And I, I think that about does it. I don't yeah. think we got to end it with any song. There's it's, too many to choose from. There's too many to choose from. Check out all the episodes. Check out all those albums. They all mean a lot to us. And uh, I guess we'll see you on the next. Well, actually, next week is we did a we went off the path and we did two singles episodes in a row because next week is a very big episode and one of the albums that we're covering literally won't be released. Uh, until that week. So we have to push it. We had to push it an extra week just so the album could come out so we could listen to it and cover it. Yep. So that's going to be very cohesive. Yes. And uh, I'm kind of, I'm excited to like do that one and then like move on. Yes. I don't want to spoil it, but no, no, we I'm just going to say we are, we are, it'll be a, a huge sigh and then on to our next bigger project. Yes. I probably gave it away. Don't <laughs> care. Don't care. But uh, until then, thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.